Hello, we're John Apostolic Church family and those who have joined with us today. Boy, we have a special treat for you. I don't know if you were able to watch back a number of months ago where we had coffee with the pastor's time. We decided to pick up that idea again and just give it a little bit of a twist. And you'll get Pastor Llewellyn Jansen and myself, if we haven't met before, I'm Pastor Jim Bobst. But we've also invited Brian Heaney to come and join with us from the Moose Jaw Counseling Center. He is a counselor that is well-respected and well-known in the ACOP circles and especially within our church uh, as well. We have referred people to go and, and chat with him and we have a deep respect for him. And we thought it'd be a great opportunity to be able to have him come in and just to be able to have a coffee with Pastor Lou and I and to just talk through just the season that we've all gone through in the past, especially 10 or 11 months as we've walked through the COVID season and just how that affects our mental health and as we process through all those moments of loss that we've experienced in just a, a wide array of ways and to just be able to talk through those things and allow the Lord just to speak into the deep places of our hearts. So Brian, welcome. Thank you for coming and joining with us uh, today just to talk with Pastor Lou and I. You'll probably find that we have a few questions ourselves that we're hoping to you know, plumb the depths of, but also then just to be able to talk to anybody who would be out there that would need uh, yeah, just a few extra insights from the Lord that you'd bring. So just from your perspective, as, as we get started, just tell us how you've uh, seen things unfold over the past 10 months or so through the COVID season and just, I guess, what your, your sense is of what people are going through, how they're handling it well. And maybe what we could learn to do better going forward. Right, good. Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you for the invitation to come and do this. And the second is I want to get a clip where you said you got a special treat referring to me. <laughs> I want to take that home and play it over for my wife. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you can edit that out if you want. Um, That's good. Yeah, over the last 10 months of uh, uh, COVID, you know, people, I mean, they've, we've lost everything. <laughs> Most people's lifestyle has changed dramatically. Yeah. So it, you know, the, all of the things that were part of our lifestyle are are either altered dramatically, or they're changed completely, or they're they're void. I mean, how many people didn't weren't able to go and visit family for Christmas? I'm one of them. Uh, my wife and I, you know, we zoomed. Yeah as the rest of the family, or, you know, the, our daughter and son-in-law and the kids stood around the Christmas tree and sang Silent Night, and we joined them like it was... But it was brutal, like, you know, not just <laughs> yeah. our singing, but the actual <laughs> experience. Yeah. And so I think what's happened is because people are feeling really sad or, you know, down, um, lack of energy, that sort of thing, because, I mean, why have energy? You can't go anywhere anyway. Mm. So, and, and we've, we've, I think we've made a mistake in our, in our culture in saying that that is, what that is, is depression. Some of it, I think, for some people, for sure, they are depressed. But I think for most people, they're grieving and they don't know they're grieving. Yeah. They aren't identifying it as grief. And so if I don't identify it as grief, how do I deal with it? Yeah. And that's, to me, that's the big issue here. And, you know, and it's not, it's, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I'd like to be more optimistic than I am, but I don't see this changing real quick. Mm. Not at this point. Yeah, so Brian, with that, the whole aspect of the grieving piece in it, uh, now grief is something that is natural. Mm -hmm. You know, we all go through grief in various ways and in right. various stages, right? Uh, there's some common things to mm -hmm. that. You want to speak a little bit more to that whole aspect of grieving, like especially for those who have 
walk through, like that's in particular a loss of a loved one. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Jim and I, in this last year, we both walked through that right. um, with, uh, with our fathers passing away. Um, mine was before COVID. Jim's was right caught kind of in that, in that sp- space. Yeah. Right. Um, but, uh, but for people, is there some, something that you would say to them? Like, um, it's natural, but this compounds the issue, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think probably, you know, depending on the situation, I, my, my primary thing would be to say, look, grieving is a natural phenomenon we're supposed to grieve. grieve grieving is the price we care for loving and caring about somebody mm. or something even. Um, and so it, that's normal. And, and if we, we should be way more concerned if we're not grieving. <laughs> we should be way more concerned about the fact that, you know, this important part of my life, uh, whether it's a, per, a relationship or whether it's some activity, I've lost it. Mm-hmm. And if I could just say, well, you know, it, doesn't, it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Well, really? Like yeah. there's, some, there's something wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and so we go through, I mean, there, there are a ton of books. I mean, I can recommend books that will help identify what it is that I'm feeling. Um, and I've, I've read enough books from, you know, there's four stages and somebody else's and every, it's, it's seven stages and there's everything in between. Mm-hmm. And most people have a tendency to think that they're going to go through a stage and that might be there for a week and then they'll be in stage two for two weeks or three or whatever and, you know, probably in a couple of months, uh, they'll be over it. Yeah. And it doesn't work that way. Right. Yeah. Um, my experience in counseling and talking with people over the years is that my way of expressing it is kind of like you looking at the pointy end of the screw and I'm at the head. And I go through when I lose something, you know, let's take a death as you referred to, yeah. I go through I go through those stages, maybe not in the order that they're in the book, but I go through them. And then I, uh, then I, there's a pause, and then I go through them again, and then I go through them again, I go through them again, and again, and again, and again, and again, till, and that that may cover a long period of time, depending on how important and how vital that relationship was mm-hmm. to me in my yeah. life and everyday life. Yeah. We go through them over and over again, yeah. and I think again, one of the things that sometimes happens is that people get the message that, well, you know, that happened three months ago, why are you still going through this again? <laughs> because it was really important. Yeah. And they get zero understanding or sympathy in our culture in particular, I think. Right. Right. And our culture being not only the country that we live in, but the evangelical c- culture. Yeah, I, I like what you said, um, Brian, about you know, grief is um, the price we pay for loving someone or caring for someone. Yeah. That, that's an amazing statement mm-hmm. um, because I think it really puts it all into uh, into proper perspective. Like the reason why people are feeling so rough about something is truly because there there was an aspect of care, genuine love. Exactly. And the deeper that is. Mm-hmm the harder the grieving seems to be for some people, right? right? Um, not maybe for everyone, because mm-hmm. we handle it differently. Right. Um, but what would you say to, to people who, um, who are in those places, like it keeps recycling back again and again and again that way, and especially when other people come alongside and might have the, um, the approach, it will just get over it. That was back then, like you yeah. alluded right. to. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess that's part of the problem with grieving and the way we grieve, as I understand people, um, and I'm certainly you know, on the learning curve like everybody else is, I hardly understand myself, so how can I understand somebody else? And I feel like I'm in good company, plus with Paul says, I don't get myself. Like, you know, the thing I want to do, I don't do, and the thing I don't want to do, that's what I do. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, it's a common problem that we all have. But um, I think because of of uh, forgot where I was going. <laughs> I think because of the things that we, the message that we get, we should get over a lot faster than what we do. And I'm not. I'm pretty convinced that that's not that's not proper. Mm-hmm. And the best, the best I'm going to do is get to that near the pointy end of that screw, which may be. Um, you know, months or perhaps years down the road, yeah. I'm going to be left with sadness and sorrow. Yeah. That's what I'm going to be. Yeah. I, 19, well, my father died in 1978. Hmm. And it was his, the anniversary of his passing last Friday a week ago. Oh. I still miss him. Yeah. He died way too young. In my estimation, I still miss him. Do I cry and feel all of the stuff that I felt when dad first died? Of course not, but I still miss him. I miss lots of things about him. I miss the fact that he didn't, he died at 57, 58 years of age. Um, He didn't teach me how to be an old man. Yeah. This is new territory for me. It's like walking through COVID, you know. Mm. Like I don't know what to do. Mm. I, I didn't. He he wasn't there to mentor me through this, right. yeah. and so that I still miss him. Yeah. There's every when you know January twenty second comes around, mm. I think about him that yeah. day more than I would think about him every other day of the year. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I miss him. Yeah. And I'm, I don't think that's, un- that's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I aspire to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. I really do. I want Christ to work in my life so that I become more and more like him. And if I'm more and more like him, then I'm going to become a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. Because yeah. that's the way he's described. Yeah, yeah. 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 for sure. Yeah. yeah, you know, your story you told about uh, that your dad died too young, it made me think I had a brother who passed away in 2002. He was 39. Yeah. And it was an, an interesting moment when I turned 40, right, where I realized that now I'm older than my older brother. Like yeah. there's this moment of you're having to process through it in a different way. And mm-hmm. it didn't cause me to, as you said, it wasn't a moment for me to have of deep tears, but it was, there was something that happened in me mm-hmm. just to kind of be reminded of what, he lost. I mean, passed from cancer, from cancer. So there's part of me that feels like he was, you know, I don't know if robbed's the right word, but mm-hmm. robbed of the, that kind of season of his life. Mm-hmm. And so something stirs up there. Makes Absolutely. me wonder. I mean, as Christians, obviously, we're told that we're going to mourn as those who have. We're not going to mourn as those who have no hope. Right. But we're still going to mourn that there's something right. that's there. So you know, when you see that contrast, are there? things that really spring to mind of, you know, as believers in Christ, that we should, given that we have the access to the, to the Holy Spirit within us, that what does it actually look like to, you know, mourn with hope versus mourn without hope? I, yeah, for me, the difference is that uh, my way of explaining it is, 
you know, my I, now as an adult, having adult children, I should say, um, I say goodbye to them. You know, if I said goodbye to them, you know, when they were 14, I was going to see them an hour later. So, you know, there wasn't a whole lot of sadness. Sometimes it was a relief. But, <laughs> but now when I say goodbye... I anticipate that I'm going to see them again. Hmm. It may be six months, it may be a year, depending on where they're living and everything else. But and when I said goodbye to my dad, I'm still going to see him. Hmm. I know that because he knew the Lord. Yeah. We're both going to spend eternity in the same place. Yeah. If if I didn't have that, then it's going to be a different experience of grief. Yeah. Because there's no hope of ever seeing him again. Yeah. And it would be the same for him if depending on if you know where we're, we're at with the lord but he knew the lord i knew the lord so yeah. i said goodbye it was a painful goodbye but i'll see him again someday he's not yeah. the first person i'm gonna look up <laughs> right. but he probably will be the top four yeah yeah for sure yeah. well and in the midst of all of that too as believers in christ i think it, it seems to me that we can fall into one of two ditches either that we avoid it uh, and we think to that point we put maybe an overemphasis on that I'll see them again and then therefore we don't deal with well I have to still live here for the next number of decades and how do I live here or that we I don't know like there's just uh, there's different places that our minds can go and I just wonder about almost giving people the permission to say you know, it's okay to grieve. Mm-hmm. And and to what you said earlier, there's no expiry date on that. This notion right. that Pastor Lou mentioned about uh, telling people to get over it. Well, I think we all know that that's wildly inappropriate. But right. we there's probably something nagging in us where we, as Christians, think, you know, what is the power of the Spirit supposed to look like in these in these moments? And how do we, I guess, effectively process through those things ourselves? And then how can we be you know, valuable to the people that are around us that are processing through that. So I know that's not really a question, but <laughs> anything spring to mind as, as, as we talk about that? Well, I mean, I think one of the things, you know, when we're talking about the fact that perhaps it's not a death, but we've lost other things as we've all gone through, I think one of the differences for a Christian is that I, I'm, I've lost something, but the thing that gives me or should give me my sense of purpose in life, my my sense of value and worth and self-esteem and identity and all of those synonyms Mm. is Christ. Mm. And nobody's going to take him away from me. Mm. Nobody. I'm never going to lose that. And everybody that I know and is important to me, if they're in the same boat, we are going to be together. But there's going to be incredible pain when I lose something. And I think when we do lose something and we do go into some measure of grief then I think that's one of the things that I mentioned in the, as I was preaching on, on grieving is that the Spirit of God's going to ask me about how important was that? Mm-hmm. Because we can get our sense of value and worth from really good things. There's nothing wrong with them per se, except what it means to me. Mm-hmm. I mean... The last number of years, you know, I think I've noticed more and more how much Jesus, as he interacted with people, didn't get involved in all the techniques of counseling and psychology, which we think are so important. I don't, but a lot of people do. Um, He just went right to the core. Where are you getting life? What's giving you your sense of value and worth? Where are you getting your sense of identity? 
you know, could you do that without this? You know, I mean, you can take the rich young ruler, you can take Mary and Martha, um, you know, all of those experiences where he just put his finger on where they were getting their sense of identity and value and worth. And I mean, it's so subtle. Let me give you, an, and I don't know if I did this in the sermon, but if I did, well, sorry. Um, I, as I started to look at my own life, and I was, one day I was preaching, and I mean, it was good stuff, right? You know, like people should have been <laughs> sitting course. on the end of the edge of, of course. chairs. Yeah. <laughs> like all of our sermons. Always yeah, 100% like all, all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. We, we know what that's like. And I looked out over the, 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 the gathering, and, you know, there was some glazed looks, in there, and, you know, some were not, I'm not even with, they didn't even have enough consciousness to have a glazed look. And I could feel my sense of value and worth and identity and self-esteem just draining away on the platform. You know what I did? I cracked a joke. Why? Because it's easy for me. And everybody laughed and my sense of value and worth went back up. I didn't need Christ at that moment. I just needed a sense of humor. <laughs> I didn't turn to him and ask him, what should I say to grab, that you can use to grab these people? I grabbed them myself with, my, with a joke. <laughs> Is that sin? I don't know. I didn't turn to the Lord, so I kind of think there's a little bit of stain there. Um, but it, yeah. I don't know if that explains what I'm trying to say, but it's, yeah. it's so subtle. Yeah. And most of the time we will, <clears throat> excuse me, I think, ha tend to get our sense of value and worth and life, the word Jesus used. It buys right into our gifts and our talents and our abilities because mm. it's easy. I don't have to work at it. Yeah. Yeah, Brian, you're you're kind of leaning in the direction as you're talking about that, and I like it. Um, like a lot of us, I think we found um, that through the COVID season, because that's kind of where we're trying to focus much of it here, um, that there's there's really valuable things that we have lost personally, even within the church. Sure. Um, opportunities to be together, um, mm -hmm. to worship together, to um, you know, on a larger scale than maybe what we are used to. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of all of that, I think, you know, even from a Christian perspective, we've, um, a lot of people are finding it really difficult to kind of um, find something in the midst of all of this, aren't they? Yeah, I think they are. Yeah. And, and so is there something that you could, you could say towards that side of it in regards to, you know, even they're, they're like, they're good things, they're valuable things, even church life things, right? But, but what are some key, key things that we can do to kind of make sure that we're staying in that zone where we need to be that's going to be healthy for us? I think one of the things that, you know, in, in my approach to grieving is having that conversation with Jesus, as I explained in the, in the mm -hmm. in, you know, make an appointment with him. And, mm -hmm. You know, so whether it's, yeah. you know, every day if I'm, it's a fresh death or, you know, I lost my job or whatever, or it's, you know, six months ago or eight months ago and it's only once a week. So we decide that. And then sit down and have a conversation with them. And I usually recommend to people, you know, you set the time. If it's going to be a half hour or 45 minutes, then that's what you do. Mm -hmm. And you spend the first half hour talking to him about what it is you're missing and what's going on and processing mm -hmm. it inside. Because that's how we grieve. 
Um, you know, I, I left college and went out and pastored, and I didn't, I didn't have a clue in a carload how to pastor. I wasn't <laughs> raised in the church. I'd only been a Christian for six months. Go to college, and then I'm out, and I'm pastoring, and I'm kind of going, oh, there's a whole lot that I don't know. <laughs> you know, I can know my way around the Bible, but, boy, there's other stuff. And I'm... I spent some time with a couple, and he was he was diagnosed with terminal cancer, and um, you know, a tough road. They weren't even in the church, but I got involved with them. And the the day that he died, the next you know, he died late at night, and I went the next evening to visit the widow and her adult daughter, and all she was talking about her husband who had died. She just kept talking about him, and after about twenty minutes, somebody came to the door with probably a you know, potato salad or a casserole or something. And and I said, well, I'll go, I'll go. Oh, no, 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 you stay, you stay. And that repeated, and they stayed about 15 or 20 minutes and then they left. That repeated all evening. I was there for four and a half hours. And all she did was keep talking about her husband, talking about her husband. And I go, whoa, why is she talking about her? You know what I didn't realize? That was her grieving. Mm. That's how we grieve. Yeah, yeah. We talk about it. We talk about the person or we talk about the thing that we've lost. Mm-hmm. And we want to go over it and we want to go over it because that's us sorting it all out. And I think when I do it with the wonderful counselor, not one of me like me, but do it with a wonderful counselor, he's going to put his finger on if it was a, a source of life or just a loss. Exactly. That's part of living in a sinful fallen world. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and along with that, like the idea of actually talking it through and allowing someone else to talk, talk through their grieving, right. uh, is super important. Um, what would you say to those who would, um, who find that really difficult? Even even being in a conversation and listening to someone else uh, as they're sharing about what they're walking through, yeah. thinking that maybe they need to have an answer. That's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. I can't take away the pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't, you know. I mean, if I could do what Jesus did at the tomb of Lazarus, then no problem. Hey, you know, quit your sobbing. I'm going to raise him from the dead. Exactly. But um, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. And so, but even Jesus, I think, and I mean, I, you know, I'm sitting in the company of two divines, but, you know, (laughs) to have the idea that, you know, he was just trying to identify with the people and, and that's why he wept. Really? Mm-hmm. That sounds so phony to me. Mm-hmm. Really? I think what happened is he got to the tomb and saw everybody crying and weeping. And he was, I mean, when I've studied it out in the original language, he was both angry and sorrowful. Mm-hmm. And I think it was because of the same thing. He saw the impact of sin on people yeah. mm. and the price that they were paying for it. Yeah. And that caused him both anger and sorrow mm. mm-hmm. yeah. because that's not his heart. That's not what he wanted for us. Yeah. Yeah. We're not living in the world that God designed for us. Mm-hmm. We're going to someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know that as believers, but it's not, that's not, this is not what he intended. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sure. And so when we come alongside of someone and we're we're there with an empathetic spirit, you know, with what they're going through, can't change it. No. Can't yeah. fix it. No. Right. Um, but to be there in that moment, fe- not feeling exactly what they're feeling, mm-hmm. but 
feeling like this just isn't good, like this is right, and and getting to that spot and say, okay, yeah, I'm with you here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. Exactly. Just bringing. My way of saying it, fleshing out God's love in that person's Absolutely. life. What would yeah. what would he do? Yeah. Whether it's, you know, in COVID, I, I don't know whether he'd give a hug or not. Probably. <laughs> I, I kind of think he would, you know, because yeah. he was the only one that would touch the lepers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm kind of thinking, but I'm not advocating that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll yeah, end up sure. in jail. Um, <laughs> but somehow or other, just in communicating a sense of your presence and hey look feel free to give me a call mm. and that's really um, good you know that sort of thing yeah you know let's go out for a coffee next week and yeah for sure so i don't know if that answers your question it but does. yeah uh, we should probably just clarify because i probably should have done it at the front end of our get together here but there are two sermons that are posted up on our website that um Brian preached in Moose Jaw, and a couple of the things that he's referenced here today, you'd find them in those sermons that he preached. And so those are available on our website, and so you can track those down. And one of the pieces that I thought was just absolute pure gold was the notion that you would book an appointment with Jesus. Much in the same way that you would book an appointment with a counselor, right. you can book an appointment with Jesus. And uh, to what we've just been talking about, people can let us down. They can say the wrong things. They can be too busy for us. They mm. can be all of those things. But Jesus is always available. Right. He's always got the right thing to say. And if we can quiet ourselves to actually hear what he has to say, mm-hmm. you're right. The Holy Spirit is the very best counselor. And so I think that's that's pure gold. And even just to build that into the rhythms of our lives to say, yeah. you know, the questions that I've got and the things that I'm processing through make some time with Jesus right. uh, and, and actually be, be diligent and disciplined to, to pick a time and to follow through on, on the appointment. Yeah. You know, Jim, one of the reasons I, I've said it that way is because if, if I'm going through a moment, and I mean, I, you know, I'm, I know I'm talking to, to guys that, you know, as you identified, you've lost your fathers. My guess would be that under, uh, you know, in a normal week or two week or a month period, sometimes there's a wave of, grief and sadness that overcomes you and, mm. but you're not always free to grok, sit down and cry yeah. you're not always free to do anything about that and what we typically do as people is we stuff that down inside and never revisit it mm. but if I'm going to talk to my counselor next week, on, on Saturday or next week or whatever it is then that's where I start so Lord Jesus that's where I'm going to start the next session mm. Okay, is talking about this the pain that I felt because grief doesn't it's it's not we can't program grief we can't it overcomes us and mm. you know again the illustration that I use is like standing in a great lake um, you know like Ontario or a Erie one of the great lakes mm. where there's lots of water and you know you're facing the shore and watching everybody on the beach playing volleyball and whatever else they're doing and you know the water's up to here and the waves are rolling over your shoulders but every now and then a big one comes in knocks you down mm. that's grief that's like grief you never know when it's going to happen yeah and but if I can get up, if I can say, okay, that's where I'm going to start next, my next appointment with Jesus, we don't ignore it then, and that's doing grief work. Then we can audibly have a conversation with Jesus, our yeah. part will be audible, yeah. and, uh, and process it. Yeah, that's really good.